0: Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran.
1: Well, good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran and I am with Father Jim Northrup. Here I am looking you in the eyes. Father Jim, (laughs) can you believe it? been a while, hasn't it? You know, if I say the number 20, do you know what that, do you find a meaningful connection to the number 20 and the two of us sitting here talking?
0: Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not good with numbers, but
1: 20 years ago was when we first oh. started recording our programs together.
0: Wow. That long ago. I can't believe it. I think we looked a little different back then, didn't we?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It was at least 20 pounds ago for me. I That's <laughs> right. one of my jokes.
0: I had black hair back then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's great. And I didn't have glasses. Now I have glasses. So, uh, but anyways, Father Jim, I'm so excited to have you on today. It's a real, it's a gift to be able to do that. And um, we're gonna dive right into the program as we get started. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Carran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in Father Jim, would you mind leading us with a, uh, with a, with a prayer? I was going to say a scripture reading and a prayer, but uh, if you want to just uh, start, you could probably do a scripture just off the top of your head. I know you, but uh, okay. lead us in a prayer. This would be a great way to get kicked off.
0: Sure. Um, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly amen. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this opportunity to discuss all the wonderful things you do in our lives and your plan for us and for your church. We just pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us and to bless our words, to bless all the technology that we're using right now, but also bless those who are listening, that they may believe that you're faithful and you wish to equip us to fulfill the mission you've given us, each in our own particular way, you will provide exceedingly and abundantly for all of our needs. Help us to have that confidence and trust in you. And especially when things happen that we may not understand, that we're able to pull back and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and to discern your will. And we just ask uh, gratitude for all the blessings we've received through the intercession of Blessed Mother Mary and all the angels and saints to intercede on our behalf now, that we can stay strong in our faith and be grateful and operate under the anointing and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yes, this is in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Thank you so much, Father Jim. That's great. I love that prayer. It uh it reminds me of of who you are and and your whole spirit of prayer that I uh enjoyed so much and, and was blessed by again for a number of years. Um it's probably 10 years. I think it was yeah. at, at least 10 years that we were doing it. And, and I so kinda was... I
0: kinda fell off the radar with the COVID thing and then we switched the dates and this, everything got a little crazy then. Yeah. But yeah. I missed it. I, I always enjoyed that, especially the book clubs. You know, yeah. it forced me to read and just, we discovered a lot of great <laughs> books.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, well, let's, let's just dive in right there. So folks, you, you're going to uh, in, enjoy this conversation because it's going to be a catch up. I don't think, when was the last time we actually saw each other or were together?
0: Oh gosh, it must've been 2018, 2019 or something. Yeah. I mean, you it, can't remember once, you can't remember once after you'd moved over to the east side and that was right after you had moved. So that was about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. so four years ago right so I, I there's a lot of catching up to do here yeah. so I do you ever do this with uh because you've been ordained now like, 22 26 years. 20, 26 years yeah yeah my goodness do you ever stop and ask yourself what was that all about
0: oh yeah absolutely all the time I can't believe yeah. how fast the time passes and you know trying to put that in perspective when people say things like how long has it been since we did this or that and it just it gets all cloudy after a while you know
1: What's it like growing uh, growing older as a priest?
0: Well, it, it's um, it's great in the sense of, you know, I, I feel the blessings of God. And as I look back on my history, I, I certainly can say I've been tremendously blessed in this ministry. And part of it's a little hard, I'm going to be fitted for a hearing aid tomorrow. <laughs> and I kind of just assume that that would be a little further off in the distance, you know. But I've been having a lot of problems with my left ear. And so I, I took a test a couple of days ago and it's a severe hearing loss. So, you know. Um, going to have to do that. But uh, it's it's great. And I think you learn more. I know when, when, right before our 25th, a friend of mine came and joined me for a fishing trip with my dad. And he said, do you have the same enthusiasm you did when you were first ordained? And I had to honestly say, no. I said, but it is, I have enthusiasm, but it's different now. I think it's more rooted. I'm not quite as naive quite a bit, but not as, as I was at first. And it's just, I think I'm more realistic about how things work and how you interact with people and everything. And the ideal that you're presented, you know, in the seminary, and then the reality once you get out in the fields and work and everything. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, let's talk about that. I want to understand more about that. So um, there are certain things that you, you talked about them, ideal and real, right? So things that are proposed as here's something that it really gets at the essence of who I'm going to be and how I'm going to live as a priest. Right. And there are certain ways that, that happened and then there are ways that you were even surprised like wow this is beyond what i ever imagined it would be and then there are going to be some other things that probably fall in the category of like you're saying oh wow that was that was a little bit naive it it actually is much more like this so let's let's start with uh let's start with the things that um were i've grown in them and they have in fact come to be in my life and and be expressive of my priesthood in a way that I expected. So what would you say falls in that category?
0: Well, I would say the celebration of the sacraments is obviously something that is just beautiful and, and that never grows stale in a certain sense. And you're always trying to get new insights on how to, to function in your capacity as a priest, like in confession. You know, lately I've been, I went to a conference in Boston last July and the gift of prophecy to encourage to edify and just lord do you have a word for this person that's in here now and maybe a little discouraged because they're dealing with some habitual sin or something that i'm really just stopping more now so that's something i mean i've done that in the past but i just became really aware that that people need to be encouraged today so i'm trying to use that gift more I'm drawing upon scripture too and when i was a first reading i, I wasn't doing that as much you know so that's kind of changed but the eucharist of course is the highlight of every day it's, it's Source and the summit of our faith, and just finding new insights about the Eucharist. Uh, we did a book review a few years ago, and we're actually going to give this away as a Christmas present, but Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist which was one of my favorite books. And we've given a few people a sneak preview, and they said they can't put it down. So just to see people getting more engaged and trying to draw more into the beauty of the Eucharist, and we have this whole ri- revival, of course, in the following year that we're supposed to be a part of. So that's exciting. I guess probably the things that, that, that have been the most struggle is just, you know, relating to other people and working with people, collaboratively in your parishes and and that in a lot of ways, you know, you kind of go in idealistic and we all share the same faith. And then all of a sudden you start getting letters that you teach something, a Catholic doctrine or something, and not everyone's on board with it. So there are a lot more divisions in the church than I anticipated and expected. And so you've got to learn how to shoulder that and and not let that get you down and make you kind of mean and bitter. <laughs> you know, but it, it's, it's kind of a mess. it's kind of a mess in some ways, like just the, the lack of faith. My people perish for lack of knowledge, of four 46. This is why your ministry is so important to catechize, to instruct and to help people grow in their Catholic faith. And, and I just we're kind of in a crisis right now, in all honesty. You know, I know you interviewed Ralph Martin a few weeks ago or so. And I thought ca- I ca- it was a short interview, but I, I follow him. I have for years. And everything, and I think he's spot on as far as you know. What do we we really need to be getting back to the basics—repentance, conversion—and there are just a lot of distractions right now out there, even within our parishes, and people aren't participating as much. So we're just praying for this revival, this powerful grace of Pentecost to just come into our church and parishes, and all. And
1: and, let's talk about that a little bit
0: quickly. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about that some more. So uh, you you talk about. Uh, this like, like, let's return to the roots. Let's get back to the foundations of it all. And, you know, repentance and belief. Right. Um, That's something that I, I struggle with at times. Like, so here I am. So 20 years on the radio with you and, and then just continuing on that it, I feel sometimes this pressure that says I've got to come up with something new. And um, you know, it's like, okay. Oh, they've heard that message before. But it's encouraging to hear you say, you know what? There are certain things that are just let's call them basic or at the foundation, and you never leave them behind. You got to always come back to them,
0: right? And then there's something that, that that foundation that foundation's been laid where you go and everywhere, it's kind of like you know when Paul in Acts 19 went down to Ephesus with Apollos, who also just Got some clarification because he only knew the baptism of John. Yet he, he loved Jesus. And he was an eloquent preacher, but then they baptized him in the church So there was some confusion here. And then he gets to go on the next chapter with Paul, and he asks that question: "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers?" And well, we didn't know there was one. What are you talking about? And, and I think he asked him that question because something was lacking in their worship and their community, or something. as you can tell when that dynamic anointing of the Holy Spirit is operating in your in your church and your parishes, and so. He didn't panic and call the press and whine and complain, like sometimes I do, but he just said, Let's let's take care of this. And he went back to the basics of repent, believe, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I think in some ways, and I think a lot of these listening processes and the and all that makes you realize that, you know, we're not on the same page. Like the very basic elements of calling yourself a Christian, how is a person put right with God? How are you reconciled with God? There's confusion on that very basic level to a great degree in our church, and 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 that you just you can't go wrong just reinforcing that and just asking people: Have you done these steps? Do you really believe? Are you you know? John Paul II would say: Are you sacramentalized and not evangelized? And I just find a lot of people are sacramentalized. Well, I was an altar boy for 20 years. That's nice, but do you believe? Does this impact your faith? At the way you live your life, and and you just find that they really haven't gone through those basic steps in their life.
1: So when you think about how to address that so there's the um the let's call it the kerygma right the call to right. conversion and That's then right. there's the catechetical dimension right helping to um, have them grow in the fullness of the faith. Then there's the liturgical dimension of leading them into worship. Then there's right. the equipping dimension. How do we equip them to live as disciples? Then there's the evangelistic dimension of how do we have them go share their faith in the world? This is a lot. <laughs> this,
0: this, it, it is, but it starts with that, the kerygma, that I'm proclaiming the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit, that God so loved the world that he wants to come into your life, open the door of your heart, receive him. And walk with him and let him walk with you and shape you and form you and bring out the destiny he has for you. And it's just amazing how many people, what, what are you talking about? You know, I've never heard that before. Um, that's what I'm encountering now in our parishes and stuff and in work in ministry, working in high school and different things like that, is that people don't know the very basics of, of just the Christian message, even let alone our Catholic faith and, and you know, how it's lived out and then the mass and everything. People aren't going to mass, they don't understand it. So you know, if I you know think? that Jesus died for my sins and I'm going to come and give thanks for that. And this is how he told me to celebrate that reality that I was lost in sin. He swooped down and picked me up. I'm going to go to mass joyfully and say, thank you. It's not about me. It's about you. To you be the glory. And I can't save myself. I'm not a Pelagianist. You know, that that heresy is still, it's just like our, one of our professors in the seminary, it's same junk in a new wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> and it just keeps circulating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh so today I'm talking with Father Jim Northrop uh, as a wonderful guest I don't think I've ever had you on as a guest on Sound Insight you've Probably always been that, a yeah. co-host on Sound Insight uh but it's a it's a real pleasure and a gift to have you here with us and the reason why I was able to snag Father Jim who is you know there, there are people say Tom you're so busy I'm like man eh, no, you don't know Father Jim Northrup he's busy he is. <laughs> Father, Father Jim Northrup was never going to have any what let's say there's going to be no uh, moss growing under your feet right you're you <laughs> you're, you are a, a, an active very engaged priest and high demand um and but the wonderful gift is I know where he's going to be on Saturday from 2:30 to 4:30 he's going to be at his old parish St. Thomas in Tequila where I was married. Carrie uh, and I got oh. married there 29 years ago. And uh, I have so many fond memories of St. Thomas and Tequila, uh, including with you, Father Jim. And uh, I-, I think that's so neat. And you're there too, uh, as part of the 46 year anniversary of WWCCR, Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewals work of building up the body of Christ, calling Equip the Holy Ones for the Work of Ministry. That's this Saturday. Right. Two thirty to four thirty, followed by Mass at Saint Thomas. Uh, Two thirty to four thirty at Saint Thomas in Tequila. Brother Jim, that's exciting. Uh, uh, I I want to talk about your connection to uh, the Charismatic Renewal and WWCCR, sure. and also talk about that event because um, I want folks to to come and and be blessed by your ministry, but even more, be blessed by the power of God at work through your ministry. So.
0: Sure. So we're going to gather and it's not, not a long afternoon, but just to really believe that God is faithful. And with all the challenges we're experiencing right now, he's going to offer us new gifts and things to equip us to do what he wants us to do. He doesn't call you to do something say, hey, you're on your own now. Good luck with that. You know, so he has new insights to give to us. And I just want to try to edify the people that come and and help them to believe that he will give you the direction you need, the gifts you need to stay strong and to persevere in your faith because that's his nature. He's, he's faithful. He's not going to run off and abandon us. And even though things around us often, I, and I'm just sensing when I, I talk with people, a great spirit of fear. I mean, everything's getting shaken up around us. This is one of the prophecies that, that Father Scanlon had in the 70, late 70s in Kansas City. And someone just recently gave me that edition of New Covenant Magazine. It looked really old, but great, great things happened there. But about how God was going to allow things to shake up so that we'd be more dependent on him. We've made idols out of things. And so he's allowing these things for a reason, but I, I just sense a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, everything that used to be stable and secure is falling apart now. And and we're going through this huge consolidation now as an archdiocese, people are anxious about that. What's it gonna look like? What's? I said, you know, I don't know all those answers, but I know one thing, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday and forever. and And we can count on his faithfulness in the midst of these changes. We need to stay focused and be praying in the holy spirit for guidance and and he'll give us what we need and i really believe that
1: you know man that's so beautiful uh father jim we're up against a break and uh, i want to continue to dive into this reality of equipping the holy ones for the work of ministry hi this is dr tom curran and you know me as the host of sound insight i am also letting folks know that So Father Jim, here we are, and uh, this Saturday, the teaching you're giving is around this theme of equipping the Holy Ones for the work of ministry. I think that there were at least three surprises there that the, let's call it the typical Catholic, is going to have, if you said to them, come to an event called Equipping the Holy Ones for the Works of Ministry. The first one is that, well, who are these Holy Ones? (laughs) <laughs> who are these holy ones that that you're talking about? Are we going to go like are these some kind of special people? Are they nuns? are they priests? I mean, who are these holy ones that we're talking about? The second is that these holy ones are supposed to be involved in a work of ministry. Okay, so it's definitely not me. As a typical Catholic, I don't think of myself as somehow being connected to a work, a work of ministry. I'm, I'm just a mom. I'm just a a guy who who works down, uh, you know, uh, and does construction work or whatever. And then the third one is, well, wait a minute. Being a Catholic involves being equipped somehow. I, I have to seek some kind of equipping to be able to do this work of God. So you know, the title itself is. You know, it's beautiful. I think that's from Ephesians, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so equipping the Holy Ones for the works of ministry. But I think the typical Catholic is saying to themselves, what in the world does that have to do with me? Yeah.
0: Well, all of us have the vocation and a destiny to fulfill in Jesus Christ. And I think that's another part of the crisis that a lot of people don't see that or feel that inside their souls and their, their, their inner self, that, that all of us have something to do for the kingdom of God. And and we're all supposed to do it together. And, and so that passage you referenced, which is the theme from Ephesians 4, and he gave some as apostles, others as prophets, others as evangelists, others as pastors and teachers to equip the holy ones for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the extent of the full stature of Christ. So whatever vocation you have, if you're a priest, be the best priest, the most spirit-filled priest you can be, reach your full stature, your maturity in Christ. That's a lifelong process. If you're a dad, you know, somebody came in recently, showed me an article, you know, one of those complaining, us against them, kind of in the church, the lady against the ordained, and it's just the same old tired stuff. And I kind of made the comment. I said, well, what about your lane? You know, do your kids still go to Matt? No. I said, shouldn't you be focusing on that? Isn't that what you're responsible for when you stand before the judgment day? Is he going to say, you didn't take care of all these things over here and over in Rome and all these what did you do in your own little reality and to help people get focused on that and excited about it. It's just like, this is, this is what I'm responsible for. And now the Lord's going to send this gift of the Holy spirit to me so that I can do it. And, but I'm not responsible for everything that's going on all around me and all these, but the enemy is trying to distract us from that. He doesn't want us to go into that interior life and that full stature in Christ. We strengthen in our inner self. Ephesians three, and you just see that people are terribly distracted right now. They want to change everything and everyone except themselves. Mm-hmm. So this is an opportunity for us to say, no, you know, the saints reform the church by reforming themselves. We had a healing mass last night. Deacon Abel did this in Spanish. He said, we need to change. We need to be more dedicated, more filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be healed so we can help call other people to healing in their own life. That's that's it. In every generation, that's the message. What? Who do you say that I am? What are you asking me to do? but people just love to just kind of sit back and kind of get a victim spirit or just judge other people. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, I'm not, can you help me? (laughs) Instead of judge, can you help me? Instead, they just, like we point out everybody else's wrongdoing and faults, but completely ignore our own, remove the speck from your, remove the plank from your eye, remove the speck from your brother's eye. But I just see terrible distractions in the church right now where people aren't focused. And and, uh, this, I just hope that, Clarity of mind, clarity of heart, that that's going to come about, where this is what I'm asked to do, I'm happy to do it, and I'm going to do what I can to be supportive of you. You're not doing the same thing I'm doing, that doesn't threaten me. We all have different gifts and talents, but it's for the upbuilding of the body of Christ. And when we tear each other down, that just ruins everything. And that's kind of what's happening, it's like people are not, I think of Paul, when he was shipwrecked on Malta, everyone was upset, why did this happen? And they're all wet and soggy, and he goes and thinks, okay, Lord, I'm going to do something helpful, I'll go get some firewood. Of course, he gets bit by a serpent pulls it out, and there's a snake on his hand. No good deed goes unpunished. So the people say, well, What did you, why did the snake there? Because you must have done something wrong. But Paul was in that mindset of, What can I do to be helpful right now? We just got shipwrecked, everything broke and fell apart, but I can do something on behalf of Jesus Christ to help bring us back together and, and get focused again on whatever he, the next step he has in our lives for us. And that's the kind of people the Lord needs now in his church focused people, empowered, equipped. Not whiners and complainers, which is easy to do. <laughs> you know, I, I fall into that sometimes. What am I being asked to do? But it's, there's so many distractions around us right now.
1: So, Father Jim, you're uh, you're right. And so um, it's like, how do we cross that bridge? How do we go from distracted, complaining, um, self-justifying uh, uh, Catholicism to an engaged Catholicism that says, Lord, how are you asking me to help right now? How are you equipping me to be holy and to do that work of ministry? In your experience, what helps someone cross that bridge from one to the other?
0: Well, the first step is always repentance, is just saying, I, I haven't been focused and I, I acknowledge that. And I, I now come before you and ask you to help me. You know, but I acknowledge that I've been scattered. I, I'm not focused or I've been listening to the lies of the enemy putting me down. And And now I ask you in your grace to help me turn around, repent, to turn around and just to be open and listen to your voice and discern your will in my life. So, so it always starts with that desire inside myself that I need to change. Somebody in your family once said at a meeting, I won't say who it was, but um, the entire church needs an extreme makeover. Lord, start with me. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we need to say, yeah. you know. Start with me, renovate me. Well and, and help and, my life to be yeah, a witness.
1: And you just said well, you just said it's so important that Father Jim. And let's let's dig into that even further because a lot of people, let's say, the people who are in, in all of us in our own way experience a bit of that distraction, self-justification, complaining spirit. And that I I think that can blind us to the way in which we end up settling for less and falling short of what God has sure. for us. And so we don't have, let's call it a sense of interior disgust at our own condition. And so we're not really quick to say, well, what are you talking about? Repent. I don't feel like I need to repent of anything. Who Now I'm going to start complaining about you and just start justifying my own behavior about what you're saying to me. So yeah. um, I, one of the things that I've done, and and I want to hear some of your thoughts on this is in those times where I, I, what I'm talking about here is spiritual blindness to a need to repent is I just will repent. And I'll just say, Lord, Lord, I know there are areas in my life where I'm blind spiritually. I, I am settling for less and falling short. And, And Lord, I, I, I know there's more for me. I, I don't want to settle for where I'm at, so please, I beg you, you know, strip me of my spiritual blindness and awaken in me a gift of repentance. So just almost like having to ask for it, um, so that you know, if you know that it's often the case, I think that we we don't immediately jump to, wow, I'm really I'm really being a sluggard when it comes to my pursuit of holiness here. I, I don't think that we quickly go there.
0: No, we don't. And, and i was had an event that reminded me too in my own life that it's so easy to blame others and because this happened or this person's not doing what they're supposed to. Now it's hindering my ability to respond in a Christ-like charitable way. And and I had a rather embarrassing moment in a meeting. And just realize that I've got some things I need to take care of, and it, and, and the way it came out and somebody's reaction to it was what what really made me aware of it. Um, and you know I wasn't proud of myself, but I signed up for a healing retreat in January, and I know I need to bring a lot of stuff there because I have been. And, and that's the thing—you don't blame others. You, you start with me. Give me back again the joy of salvation. Psalm fifty-one is a wonderful psalm to pray. I pray we prayed every Friday morning. The only one that repeats is. <laughs> I think there's a reason for that every week is on a four week cycle with the Psalter, but give me back again, the joy of salvation. Then I will teach sinners your way. So that even though the disappointment of having that incident happen a few weeks ago, God is going to bring something good out of it. If I turn to him and say, I'm sorry, I repent of this. And, and, and we all get to a place. And I just said, this to somebody, we all have those Elijah by the broom tree moments sometimes where we just don't, we've lost every, we've lost our bearings. Get up, eat something, go to the foot of the cave, God got something for you. And recently somebody was praying with me and they said that Elijah, and he hid his face in the mantle, grace in the midst of chaos. Those are the exact words. And I thought, yes, grace in the midst of chaos. But it is easy to tune out of my own responsibility to, and acknowledge that I am choosing to think negatively in this way, to brood over injury, to resurrect all these past things that happened that have, many years ago. And that is not godly thinking. That's not putting on the mind of Christ. And all of a sudden, everything just accumulated at that moment. It's like, you're a mess. <laughs> you need to ask the Lord to help you and repent. And, and so I signed up for this retreat in January back down in Florida. Hopefully it'll be nice and sunny, but that's not why I'm going there. And it's with Dr. Bob Schutz and interior healing. And, and part of it, too, is my father passed away almost a year It'll be December 20th. It'll be a year. And, and that's been a huge void in my life because he was such an exceptional father. I did so many things with him. I've got his fishing rods in my office behind me, actually. Uh, I'm a fisher of men. So I thought that's a good symbol, you know, put your fishing rods in the office. But um, so I'm looking forward to that. And I know that he has healing for me and forgiveness and just lots of insights. But it's so easy to tune out of that. And all of a sudden, something like for me, that's what happened is like somebody pointed out like, oh, my gosh, what happened to you? You used to be positive, And now... You know, you just seem really frustrated and that's not their fault. That's my fault. I need to address that in my own spiritual life. And I'm looking forward to it. Great. That's very powerful. Because, yeah.
1: yeah. Very humble. That's a very humble. Like when you first said, yeah, I sent up for a healing retreat. I'm like, oh, where are you going to lead this healing retreat? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, wait a minute. You're actually going to go. Yeah. yeah. Cow. really? you know, it, it honestly, again, so I'm talking with Father Jim Northrup. And as you hear him share the gospel, the expectant faith that Jesus is alive and moving with great power through his spirit and equipping us to do the same. And then in the next moment say, yeah, I, gosh, I, I acted badly and I was humbled by it. And the Lord revealed to me that I need to go get healed. Like what, wait a minute, what's going on here? That's really powerful. I think that kind of testimony, Father Jim, that changes lives. When people hear you, a priest who, Knows, loves, and lives for Jesus as Lord and Savior. As this Holy Catholic Priest, that yeah, you too are acknowledging. I I need healing. That's very powerful.
0: I become very aware of that, and and, and just with all the changes on the horizon, and not knowing what, what's going to happen next year, where we're going to be, what parish come. And there's a lot of anxiety in the air over here, and and um, I just sense it, you know, and. And then you sense it in yourself, and realize that it starts with me. Just acknowledging that, yeah, I'm like everyone else. I'm a sinner. I need healing, and uh, and I get really unhealthy when I tune out of that and just go along and pretend these things aren't happening. I, I just read something—a little meditation, but it's about you know I need you to be upfront with me with the Lord. It's like a word from for somebody, a locution, and you need to be honest with me. I have infinite patience and mercy for you. Don't run away from me. You know, and like long embarrassed, I should be on my own and be able to pull up my own bootstraps. That's exactly what Satan wants instead of being dependent on grace, dependent on him. But but it's funny because sometimes, I mean, sometimes you can come to the Holy Spirit give you that knowledge in your own while you're sitting in the chapel in prayer. But this was a public thing. And the part of it was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but it needed to happen. It was like, okay, I, I get it now. Uh, help me out here, Lord, because I can't believe that I just said that. <laughs> In well, front of like 90 people.
1: Yeah. I think that I mean, again, it's it's very humbling and and I want to explore that theme with you in a moment here. I'm talking again with Father Jim Northrop. And if you're enjoying hearing him on Sound Insight and you are in the Puget Sound area, c- come on out on Saturday, two days from now, at St. Thomas, the Apostle Church in Tequila. So it's right there. It's it's very accessible, it's not far off the highway. And from 2.30 until 4.30 in the afternoon, he will be there celebrating the as part of the 46-year celebration of Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewal, teaching on and ministering on equipping the Holy Ones for the work of ministry. And so when you come, uh, expect not only to be taught, but to be spiritually ministered to, that the Lord, he draws us to events like this for our own conversion and transformation to be more fully those missionary disciples that the Lord intends us to be. So Father Jim, I wanna dive into uh, another topic with you, Uh, just sort of building off of this, and it's something you mentioned in passing you mentioned about the the passing of your dad about a year ago and how much that left a void in your life. And I, I lost my dad uh, to view. I lost my dad here on earth, the ability to see him uh, at the end of September and uh, he went home to God. Uh, What's, what's that like? You know, so, you know, what's that like? I, I would see posts of you, especially on Facebook of fishing trips and, and you know memorable times together with him Uh, so I in just having known you uh, would hear you talk so warmly about your dad and your relationship with him Uh, so what's that been like for you a, a priest who preaches the resurrection of Christ from the dead and victory over death what was it like for you to lose your dad and what's that been like to to walk in faith in this past year?
0: Well, overall, it was, it, it's been a lot harder than I ever thought it would be. You know, I kind of saw myself as confident and, oh, I'm a man of faith and, you know, this will be difficult. And I've, I've, a lot of my friends, we were at that age where we're losing our parents. But it, it really it was way more difficult than I ever thought. Um, just because, you know, I, I'm not married. I'm a wife and kids. So I did when I had my vacations, I'd go off with him. We'd go on photography, expeditions, fishing trips, hunting trips, different things. And so now that he's gone, I don't, I think this last summer was the first time I hadn't gone fishing since I was born. I mean, he took us out on the boat, as baby, you know, he's obsessed with fishing. So, so that's been difficult, but the actual process of dying, it just, it happened so fast. It was like, he got diagnosed in with three months he was gone mm-hmm. and he, he was a fighter. He wanted to do the chemotherapy and everything, but it, every, and they told him it was working and it wasn't working. And he, he didn't get really, really good medical care there. I mean, it's just the system's broken. We're coming out of COVID and everything. So I had some issues to deal with there, as far as forgiveness and just this is what you have. Be grateful for it, but is it perfect? No. Did they call him back? And he calls no. They, they didn't call him back. He's in pain. No. But but his actual death, I, I was surprised because we've had lots of talks in the boat about God and fear, of worshiping God out of fear or love. And he was raised in the old ways, you know. And I, I think that he had some a lot of changes, but he wasn't afraid. It's his actual words, you know, we're in the hospital room. Jim, come over here, and he's kind of whispering. And He says, "I think this is it. Um, I'll see you on the other side. Bring your best suit." <laughs> I'm like, uh, "Dad, where I'm going, they have air conditioning." But you know, you can go wherever you want. He just laughed, and then I did anoint him, and that kind of caused a little bit of trauma because he he had had a negative experience in the Navy with that. And it was when the priest comes, he's like the Grim Reaper. You know, so he he woke up out of a surgery and and oxygen tent, there was a priest standing next to him and that just scared the bejeebers out of him. Oh my gosh, I'm dying, I'm only 20 something years old. And so he never really got over that. But now I know he gets it because, you know, death death is the ultimate reality check. It's like, you can run away from truth while you're on earth, but when you die, it's like, you you see fully that, oh, this is the healing side. Yes, your son was right, he's been talking about that. (laughs) But, But he wasn't afraid and he told us he loved us all. And he didn't say that a lot. You know, he thought those words, sometimes time people were cheap just passing those words around, but he said it a couple times to us and we got our final instructions on some things that we needed to do for him after he passed and then he went. And so that part was, was beautiful in that sense, but, but the loss of him walking in the house, I don't think I'll ever get used to that. Um, I was just home for Thanksgiving and when I used to open the door, hello, Frosty, welcome home because of my gray hair. No one says that to me anymore, you know, so, and my mom's having a real hard time with everything and having some cognitive issues and stuff but i realized driving back uh, you, you know you got to move forward and the more you dig your feet in and try well i want to go back to how we had this and all these you can't do that you got to move forward like in a river if you dig your feet in this and so I, I just have to ask the lord help me to do the best i can with this new reality of not having him here on earth you're right i'm going to see him again i know that um and help me to adjust and find new things to focus on now i got to start picking up music again on my own and different things because this is gone i can't go back to it but and at the same time incredible gratitude for for just the exceptional father that he was my brother wrote me an email i was dying he said he's been an integral part of our lives and an exceptional father amen absolutely spent time with his kids you know didn't wasn't absent from the family, included us in things, supported our hobbies, our, our, our talents and interests, music, sports, et cetera. Just uh, pretty exceptional. So I so need to be grateful about that. Yeah, I need to be grateful about that. But at the same time, you're dealing with this huge void in your life, too. And then you realize, too, that I've, a lot of my other friends have already gone through this. So I've been asking them, well, what do you find helpful? You know, what's like the first year anniversary like? And And they're being very helpful in sharing things with me and stuff. So that's, I really appreciate that.
1: Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that someone said to me was, you know, how are you doing? And I had that similar first reaction that you did, which was, I think I'm doing fine, right? I'm a person of faith and he's in a better place and he's not suffering and all these things. And she said, just you wait, it's going to hit you. (laughs) At some point it's going to hit you that he's gone and you'll break down and you know, basically give yourself permission for that to happen. And um, it it hasn't happened yet. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying that that was one of those pieces of counsel that people said to me that you think that you're going to relate to it in a certain way, and maybe you do for time, but then it's going to emerge, right? Um, and, And that happened when I flew home for the funeral. Uh, I walked in the house and it, there was this sense of, wait a minute, he's not here anymore. There are his clothes, there's his stuff. There are all the signs of his, uh, you know, presence and activity, but he's not here. Um. So that was, that was one that, you know, that piece of counsel that, that would happen to me. Uh, and, and I'm so, I'm still waiting for that. But I have a question. Have you, um, had any sense of like connection with him, either like I need to continue to pray for him, he's in purgatory, or a sense of, you know what, I have a sense that he's in heaven, or a sense of he is with me or communicating to me. Have you had anything like that happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, I always pray for him because, you know, we don't want to be presumptuous and we don't know. I mean, I'm, like you said, I'm not God and, and everything, but. So it's always it's a good and wholesome thought to pray for the dead i think it's maccabees or second maccabees one of those um so i offer masses for him and, and people are kind in the parish and offer masses for him too um i've been having dreams lately and i don't usually do that so that's been a little interesting wow and with him and and yeah it's just like wow i never expected that because i'm not a big dreamer and i don't he doesn't speak to me through dreams very often and stuff um but we just recently lost one of his best friends, a very good family friend. And we were in the hospital with him and uh, my brother tapped him on the shoulder as he was dying. He said, Don, when you get to heaven, tell our dad how much you miss him. <laughs> of course, I'm like, oh, why did you say that? <laughs> I got all emotional. Mm-hmm. But 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 I yeah, and, and just um and through music, found some songs. Do we did a little tribute of life and one about, you know, save the roses and you should be fishing and hunting? Mm-hmm. And it was just the perfect song for my dad, you know um so God and that's the thing is, and Isaiah 45 3 says I will give you treasures in darkness that even in the grief there are little signs from the Lord he's okay I mean even if he's in purgatory he's okay he's gonna the fullness of redemption is on its way you know or he's already experienced it, I don't know but I'm not worried about that because I mean I'm not worried about the other place with the asbestos food <laughs> I mean I know he was joking about that um but but God gives you little treasures along the way, and, and then just collectively, other people too. Them, when you talk about it, they talk about their experiences of losing their dad too, and you, there's just a commonality there. Like the woman that came up to you, you know, those people that are brutally honest like that, or it's what? And but they're a gift because they're just letting you know that when this happened, it's okay. This is just. But everyone grieves differently, and and I know for me, you know, when I hear a song, it really gets me because I'm kind of wired that way for music. But other people, a place or an experience or a smell will bring back some kind of memory. But to keep it in balance with, you need to be grateful. And this isn't the end. You know, we don't talk. I've been doing a lot of funerals lately. You know, we will once again enjoy their friendship and the love of God, which conquers all things, destroys even death itself. It's one of the prayers. When the love of Christ which conquers all things, destroys even death itself. We once again enjoy their friendship. That's the hope we have inside of us because of Christ. And and so easy to get bogged down in the memories and things and wanting to recreate things or oh this is the way it used to be, no we're all moving forward to this wonderful destiny in Christ and there are moments of great joy and happiness and, and great sadness you know I'm all be here by myself with my cat in the rectory and some nights are really tough, but I know even in the midst of that the Lord's with me and this is one day out of many many more days God willing that I'll have to serve Him and stuff but it it it, it hit it really. It, like all deaths, I think it was just a lot different than I thought it would be. I'm terrible at predicting things, so I should just quit. <laughs> it's never like I think it's going to be.
1: <laughs> you know, Father Jim, again, I'm talking with Father Jim Northrop. and if you're enjoying him today, please go to St. Thomas and Tequila on this Saturday coming up uh, on December the 2nd. 2.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon, St. Thomas and Tequila, Father Jim will be teaching and ministering on the theme, "Equipping Equip the Holy Ones for the Work of Ministry, it's sponsored by WWCCR. That website, WWCCR.org, Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewal, is a place to learn more about that event and another upcoming event that Father Jim will be doing a week later as well, and we'll touch on that in just a minute. Uh, Father Jim, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and we'll continue our conversation. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kernan with Father Jim Northrup. Father Jim, uh, as we are uh, like walking towards uh, Advent, here we are. It's the last week of the liturgical year. Is there anything that you're doing either... To finish this liturgical season well, reflecting on the four last things, reflect, you know, or preparing for this season of preparation, Advent. Uh, because I'm using this as a time to sort of reflect and get ready and listen and saying, God, what are you asking of me this Advent? So is there anything that you do during this particular time in the liturgical season?
0: Yeah, I think it was very different last year with him actively dying and everything. I kind of I was not as focused as I really should have been. Um, and Christmas was tough and in this year there's gonna be much more awareness. Last year was an awareness of something being taken away. Like blessed be the Lord God who giveth and taketh away. This year is gonna be on giveth that the Lord has given us the Lord Jesus Christ and all my memories as a child going to midnight mass and different things. I'm really preparing myself to just Focus on that, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. Last year, I just wasn't in a place with all this happening so rapidly that I focused on that. So I really think this year, focus on that and the gratitude of that, that in the midst of this crazy, chaotic world, he stepped down. He came into our world to rescue us from despair and all the things we're struggling against. And be grateful for that, you know. Yeah. And be, And remember, too, he's coming again. He will come again to judge the living and the dead and, and and don't put things off that you need to do. Like this retreat for me, I need I need healing and I need to deal with some things. Now is the time to, you may not have tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just take life seriously. My dad used to always say, and it, it used to annoy me because he would say it so much and I was too little to understand it. But he would say, uh, boys, every day of life is a gift from God. Use it wisely. We'd always say that, and now I know why he said it. I mean, but it, when as a kid, it's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know? Now you realize that in the midst of all the things going on in the world and our lives and parishes and things, that it is a gift. And I want to look at it that way. So Advent's about that gratitude that God fulfills His promise. He said He would come. He said He would send His Son, and He did. Mm-hmm. And He's Amen. coming back again. I don't know when, but I want to be ready.
1: Father Jim, I hate to say it, but you've become that old guy who's saying. You have no idea how fast <laughs> life goes by. You just it does, you well, live well right now. You're going to, before vapor, you know a it.
0: Va- a vapor in the wind, you know, and, and yeah. don't take it for granted. And I know the VFW, they, they're all dying out because, you know, they're old they're World War II vets. But when they did their little ceremony at the, the National Cemetery here, close to me and Tuck-Williards and Covington, you know, death, that final roll call that no one disobeys. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's, That's one so of the lines
0: I cool. always I always get goosebumps when they say that death that final roll call that no one disobeys. Where's nice. Jim? He's over here. No, he's right here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're getting really happy right now, Father Jim. These these happy <laughs> themes you're bringing up. I I want to talk about uh, in the in this final segment about um, life with the Holy Spirit. Uh, experience a life with the Holy Spirit, which is a retreat you're leading on December 16th at Christ the King Parish in Seattle. December 16th, folks, if you can't make it this Saturday, just skip two weeks. And on December 16th, 830 to 430, come on out for a day during Advent um, for a retreat on this theme of life in the Spirit, experiencing life in the Spirit. Father Jim, one of the things that I find most encouraging about you is that You're a priest who is not only manifestly and overtly in love with Christ, but you confidently and boldly proclaim that the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us, uh, gives us the strength to move in power and living the life that is ours. Uh, Talk a bit about the difference that baptism in the Holy Spirit makes in your life as not just a disciple, but a priest.
0: Um, oh yeah, that was such a one of the first year in college is when that happened to me, and I had just been confirmed my junior year in high school, and everything just came together. But that joy of, of knowing your dignity as a child of God, and then you know, I always went to Mass, loved Mass, but now this is just a very different experience for me. And 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 we we forget that. So so Timothy, Second Timothy one, I remind you to fan into flame in the gift that was given to you when I laid my hands upon you so that this interior teacher inside of us is there to, to encourage and support us and help us. And we we forget, we become too self-sufficient. And But but baptism of the Holy Spirit changes everything, like how you celebrate the sacraments, like even confession. Like I said, uh, you know, if, if I hadn't experienced that, I've well, Lord, do you have a word for me? And it, it's just very different. Mm-hmm. And even in match, you know, you can add little things like, did you notice the entrance antiphon today? It says this, and scripture just came to life in the most amazing way. That was one of the greatest gifts of the uh, experience. And, 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 and in Peter, um, Acts 10, when the, the Gentiles are saying, wow, even the Gentiles are going to get this incredible gift? Well, isn't God generous? What are we doing? Are we putting obstacles in people's path not to experience the Father's generosity and ration this gift to his children? So we need to rediscover that gift in the Catholic Church and in our own lives. And I said that today, imagine with Daniel and you know, Daniel just knew how to maneuver in very difficult situations when he was in an, an environment where people were hostile to his faith or desecrating the vessels and doing all these things. And he, he didn't react and, you know, start having a tizzy fit or something. He, he just let me do this. And I don't want your purple robe and your little gold necklace. That's nice, but I'm here to be a representative of the God of Israel, the true God. And he just maneuvered his way through because he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was beloved. And it says, Daniel, because you're beloved um, so when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, it just it takes everything on a different level. You know, it takes it from here to here.
1: Amen. From, the, heart, from the mind
0: to the heart. Yeah.
1: Well, and I love what you said. You you talked about this gift that was given, this grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit, right? This releasing and empowering with the Holy Spirit uh, given to us in baptism and confirmation, this special anointing to live a life that is experiencing victory, right? Over sin yeah. and over the the... The effects of sin in our lives. You also talked about just these positive effects—the more intimate personal relationship with Jesus that flowed from this. You talked about the love of Scripture so the, being set on flame, the, the, the being on fire with the with reading Scripture, um, having a, a zeal to proclaim Christ to others. Right? It's not just for us. You you've described early in the interview you know, some of the desperate points of need that the church has today to wake us up. Do you see any connection here? Do you do you still see all of these years later that the charismatic renewal, that movement, the gift of the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit still has a part to play in what God is doing to shake up and wake up the church?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think it's fundamental to that. And and when you're praying and operating the Holy Spirit, like the whole thing about when somebody offends you or something, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, you just don't want oh, to just put that on away, and I'll deal with that later. It, it starts to bother you and you realize, like Paul said, "Oh, well, nothing to is so, to love them in Christ. And when I'm not forgiving somebody, I owe something to them and I have something I need to work out. And, and we would just be much more healthier parish communities. Our, our discernment, our decision making would be very different. A lot of our meetings are like Chase Bank. Let's do a quick 10-second prayer and then we go on to our agenda. And Bishop Peter, a few years ago, you know, the auxiliary bishop from Portland did a video. He could come in person, but I remember he said, and I thought this is so true. A lot of times we have our plans and we go through all this planning, and then at the very end we say, Okay, Lord, now you're free to give your stamp of approval. And the Lord's like, I never told you to do all that. You never asked me. And so we come up with things and then we get all upset when they don't turn out. Well, it really wasn't discerned properly. We're using very worldly secular things. So I've noticed that when people are really open to the Holy Spirit, too, you have a sense of fellowship with them. That conference in Boston, we just talked for hours. At lunch was like a three- or four-hour event because people were so excited to share what God was doing in their lives and you know, getting along and sharing and celebrating what the Holy Spirit was doing in our midst and everything. The majority of parish things aren't like that because I don't think there's that openness and docility to the Holy Spirit. So we just pray that people will come and, and realize that there's so much more. God is very generous. He's not stingy. He's very generous, and um, he wants to. He, in, in the last days, I will lavish my spirit upon my children. Everyone, wives, old men, whatever you have dreams and visions, he doesn't discriminate. He's just looking for that open heart.
1: Amen. Uh, there, uh, one of those um, use it or lose it, right? So there was this. There's a stigmatist that I had the the pleasure of knowing, and that was one of her uh like exhortations to the faithful was look the Lord has so many gifts to give and so many people are just unwilling or uninterested in the gifts that he has ready for them so I ask for them all give them all to me Lord <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to use them all so give them give them to me Lord if you had them and they're they're turning them down look my way I am not saying no I mean isn't that yeah. cool isn't that cool? I love
0: that. It's like that That maiden, Mrs. Doubtfire, where she's interviewing him. I don't do windows. I don't do floors. I don't do diapers. I don't do bedtime stories. I don't do cooking. Thank you. The position has been filled. I mean, she didn't do anything. And I was just thinking of the talent. Give it, take away what he didn't use and give it to the one who has. That mm-hmm. use these gifts that God has given you for that bone of the body of Christ. And so I love that person you're referencing that. Hey, if they don't want them, I'll take them.
1: <laughs> Amen. Well, Father Jim, we have one minute left. What's your final word of encouragement to folks uh, that are listening today or watching?
0: No matter what you're going through right now, God is faithful. He loves you. He will give you what you need to get through the day. If you're struggling, just admit that. Be, be 100% honest in his presence, and, and, and he will help you to persevere in your faith. But we're going through some very difficult times as a church, as a world. He's in charge of everything. And and all things work for our good for those who love God. And even the difficult things that we haven't figured out yet, like there may be insights later on in our lives where he shows us why that had to happen. There may not be, but he's still
1: working it for our good. Amen. That's Father Jim Northrup again. I encourage you to come on out on Saturday, December 16th for 830 to 430 at Christ the King Parish for a day of uh, really coming to a deeper experience of the power of the Holy Spirit in your own life. If you're encouraged and moved by Father Jim and you want to take a day of retreat during Advent, come on out. And that's again, December 16th at Christ the King Parish, 830 to 430. Or this Saturday, December the 2nd, St. Thomas and Tequila, 2.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon. Please go to www.ccr.org, www.ccr.org, Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewal, for more information. Father Jim, thank you so much for all the time you gave me today. God bless you.
0: You too. Thank you very much.